We and each of us covenant and promise that we will not reveal any of the secrets of this. The first token of the Alonic Priesthood, with its accompanying name, sign, or penalty, should we do so. We agree that our throats be cut from ear to ear and our tongues torn out by their roots. Search, ponder, pray. Is this the place? Hello? Do you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Let me just turn off my uh, classical music here. Oh, was that like a, I just heard like a screech and I was like, ghosts? <laughs> ghosts? No, I had the, uh, like the Dracula. Da -da -da, da -da -da -da, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my head. Um, so I was like, I'm going to listen to it while I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> the Fantasia uh, arrangement, obviously. I'm I love Fantasia. Yeah, and I'm not a Disney person, but that uh, is my favorite arrangement of Tolkata. Fantasia slaps. It really does. It, re it, re it really do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is, well, hey guys, welcome to part two of the mental health episode. Um, did you get your weed? Yeah, I got my weed. I got my drink. I got more, more weed, the smoking kind. I got the smoking kind, the eating kind. Water. I had some and, sour. Uh, I had a sour punch twist. Nice. <laughs> and uh, some rice crispy, which I'm going to eat while on mute, so you can introduce this this next two and a half hours here. <laughs> Honestly, whenever I like pause to mute, I feel like I'm already laying. I'm not as good as already laying. I wish I was, but he was on the Howard Stern show, and like he wouldn't pipe up forever. And sometimes Howard would be like, "Where are you?" And he's like, "Sorry, I'm eating." <laughs> so, I love Those it. <laughs> You would mute to laugh with a rice krispie full of, I love it. There's no graceful way to do that. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna start with my suicide attempt. Um, suicide ideation is been going on forever since I walked in on my dad. Right, so I've always had this thought that I could kill myself if it got too brutal. Um, I have had attempts throughout the years, nothing too crazy. My brother, Zach was really good about being like toxic about getting me to not be suicidal. And we'll get more into like people who don't have it and like how it's stressful and hurtful for them to have people like us in their lives. Yeah. You said like <laughs> he got toxic about trying to keep you away from killing yourself. Well, he would just constantly talk about like how lame people were who killed themselves and how you're like, oh, like and like how if you if you if they do it, they better fucking do it because otherwise it's embarrassing. Like I was always embarrassed. I was going to fail oh. my attempt and then he wouldn't like me anymore, which kind of is what ended up happening. So I yeah. guess I, I guess I should have. I was right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I had like a. I just, I've just always just like, I've just been struggling. And like we said, we, we had, uh, we weren't diagnosed with ADHD and we had it, we were treating our depression. Um, so about three years ago, um, I was bartending on Park City Main Street. Um, a few, well, okay, let me start from the beginning. So what had happened is my sister sent a group email to the whole family that pretty much everybody except for my brother, Jake and his wife <laughs> had a paragraph that said like, 
what a bastard we were for whatever reason. Like it came out of nowhere. And to be fair, like I'm a fan, I was a fangirl of my brother's ex and it got also probably toxic. I'll say it got toxic too. Um, I just was like obsessed with him. He was like the man of my life. <laughs> he would like take me everywhere. He saved me several times from myself, from other people. Um, and he also was a type of person, he's a narcissist too, I think, that likes people to think he's like a god. <laughs> so I was a very good candidate for that. I was his little sister and I just like, he's a musician. I hung on his every word, like all this. So um, he would, he, uh, he and I would were, were like a little team and it probably wasn't healthy, but anyways, my sister had had enough with all of us and she has her reasons too. I'm not even going to sit here and tell her she doesn't have her reasons. I don't know if she handled it the right way, but I just was kind of doing my own thing living in Salt Lake and she's really good at guilting me even now about how I don't see the kids enough. I'm never mm -hmm. doing, I'm not never doing it. What I'm doing is never the right thing. And I think that is just baby the family territory, but yeah. uh, <laughs> um, she kind of goes a little bit extra with it. <laughs> uh, but um she just told me like that everything was wrong with me between my artwork. Like eventually I said, like, I don't have time for this. Like I'm later that afternoon, I was showing a brand new menu for the park for park city, a, a bar in park city. Um, yeah. Can you I, tell me like what year this is? This was like 2018. Okay. Um, so I, yeah. So like I had created this like pretty fancy, really culinary inspired because I went to culinary school uh menu <laughs> I was presenting later that day and that weekend I was doing like several pieces of my art were going to be in an art show so I was like oh but I don't have time for this shit I'm like I got this going on like I'm doing really well like I like I love my friends like I'm having a good time like we should all be happy for each other instead of being toxic <laughs> and mm -hmm. she was like your art sucks no one gives a shit about your uh <laughs> bartending shit like your she even like made fun of my haircut <laughs> like she what? made she's she was like your friends are garbage like da -da -da -da. like she just like went all the way off and i kind of did what i how i usually reacted was just like cut her down which is what yeah. i did i was just like listen i'm gonna put you in your place now <laughs> and then like everyone checked in on me because they're like are you okay because she said a lot of shit like both my brothers called me my sister my mom tried to call me um, but like everyone was like, like, and Jake was like, uh, Lily also wants you to know that she loves you. Like even like my sister-in-law was like, holy shit, op said some shit. Okay. Where does she say this stuff in like a group chat or something? <laughs> email. <laughs> it was a group email. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. And she and I kind of went back and forth and, um, you know, Zach was in on it too. Like he was going back and forth, but I just kind of had it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm over going over this over constantly. Like, I'm actually having a good time right now. Can you just leave me alone? Mm -hmm. So that was like in September and that's when it started. <laughs> and a few weeks later, I, I had just started. So I was worked within a restaurant group and I went from the like, uh, bartending part-time at this, they're like less fancy place to going to the big show. Mm -hmm. Um, on main street being the lead bartender Sundance was coming up. Like I, a lot of faith was put into me. Like I felt really good. Yeah. Um, but this was a new job. This was new people. And none of my crew had asked me out to hang out yet. So, um, it was the end of the week and I always 
dumped out old wine at the end of the week, but I usually dumped it through me first. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd at least do, like, one. I'd, like, have a bottle during the shift, right? Yeah. Because um, I was like, it's going down the drain. I'll just let it go through me first. That was always my logic. <laughs> um, it's true, though. <laughs> but it's also bartender privilege. I don't care. Um, so uh, that during that shift, the cooks were like, yo, let's go out for some drinks. And I was like, cool. <laughs> so went out and then I had a couple more drinks and then I was too drunk to drive. I was stupid that I drove. And then I smoked out all the cooks. So I had like a blazing pipe right in my seat. And then I got pulled over oh and I like leveled with the cop. I was like, I have weed on me. I'm too, I should be driving. I'm too drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I do weed for depression. Please cut me some slack. So he didn't give me a DUI, but he did give me a possession ticket. Wow. And as a result, I had to stop smoking weed. And as a result, I started, it was the week of Sundance. I had my stalker situation. Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you want to go into that a little bit or no? We have a, gr- a girl that we grew up with. She was raised, I mean, she was poorer than us. I feel like her, I think her dad was definitely actively molesting her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't. It's purely speculation, though. I'm not even going to mention her name because I don't even, you know, I don't want to give her any attention either. Yeah. But she definitely has probably schizophrenia. Um, she, over social media, became super obsessed with me. Um, and, like, we, we'd have, we'd have, like, interactions where, and I'm, I'm usually, like, because I have understood for a while that social media is pretty toxic, I try to be positive on social media. Lord knows I haven't always been that way. <laughs> but I'm very interactive and... I'll like if you talk to me I'll talk to you sort of thing but I also only had people on Facebook that I knew in real life yes very smart yeah and we went to school together so I thought it was a safe whatever like I thought she was a sweet girl very quiet um and I like I was like she has shit wrong with her but of course you know like I was understanding (laughs) but eventually like she left the church that week she was feeling really volatile she went from like needing to see me to wanting to hurt me and I was busy. It was the first day of Sundance. Like, <laughs> How did that even happen, though? Because, like, I was going through Facebook memories, mm-hmm. and one popped up just recently that was like, can somebody have... Okay. So, on Facebook, I had, a, like, high school friends, and we were all, like, getting closer together. Like, everyone was moving home, and people were kind of meeting up. So, she knew that we were, like, tight, because, like, we were posting pictures on Facebook, and we were interacting and stuff. So... She hit up all the girls that I'd been talking to, and there was like five of them. And so, did she hit you up too? I was, I had to have been tagged in something because I was like, why? I'm not even that, I was not even that close to you. I'd talk to you maybe <laughs> once a month. Yeah. And I remember because she, her perception of reality was very off. Because Who's, like, I sh- uh, the mediator or the stalker? The stalker. Okay. Because I feel like, because <laughs> she, yeah, I feel like she did hit you up. And I was like, I don't even know if Kendra has my number or something like that. Like I was like, like it was like, yeah, it was certain people. Like it's like, these are people I talk to regularly, but if you looked on social media, you'd think that we were, if you like believed the lie of social media, you would think mm-hmm. that we were like always together. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Cause like yeah. we we're all bored and we're all, that's how we entertain ourselves as we get on social media to shoot the shit. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> and I like tagged you in a recent post or something. Yeah. Yeah. So she had hit up everybody and said that I was going to kill myself. And since I had been, very open about my struggles on social media it set the alerts off with a bunch almost every single chick she hit up has kids i was the middle of the night like i went home went right to bed because i had the it was the big show the next day you know like Mm -hmm. i had to like get to bed 
And but it was just like it was the first weekend of Sundance, so I had just worked a sixteen-hour shift, went home, went had a shower, went to sleep. Like I didn't even look at my phone. Right. So people were like assuming the worst, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So like I got up, and usually I stay up all night, like I'm a night owl. But since I was like going into yep. work at noon and not getting off until like two o'clock in the morning, I was coming home, going to bed. Like there was no time for social yeah. media. Yep. Just because that's like our busy two weeks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, hello, I saw Joaquin Phoenix. We made eye contact. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> no but uh so the next morning I wake up and I have messages and missed calls and all this shit from everybody and I'm like what the fuck is going on and I have like an hour to get ready and get on the road to go up to Park City to go fucking do my job and right. I have to make calls to everybody I'm okay and then I just told her I'm like you crossed a fucking line Ooh. I'm like you crossed a line I've had it yeah I'm like you you're weaponizing my mental illness. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I'm like, you're freaking out my friends. Yeah. I'm like, you have made some sort of bullshit up in your head. And like, I'm like, that's it. Like, it's like enough. Like you need to, this is enough. Like you need to get some help and you need to knock it off. Like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then I think I like got in the shower and when I came out, I had 53 new messages from her. 53? <laughs> yeah. Like a shit ton of messages. And then um, oh she would like block me and then <laughs> like, unblock unblock say a bunch of shit block me mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then she also has a lot of these like other accounts and stuff mm-hmm. she has like a lot of different accounts so i ended up just like that was very stressful and sundance the nature of sundance is you drink every single night everybody drinks every single night like um there's so much booze left over <laughs> that it would be like a goddamn shame to get rid of it all just to dump it all you know what i mean because mm-hmm. like they have like these studio per, uh studio sponsored parties where they just bring in like 10 boxes of wine and obviously there's only 60 people there they're not going to go through that's like a bottle of wine each you know what i mean wow so there's like there's like halfies and stuff like if there's a full mm-hmm. bottle of wine we'll keep it and resell it it's a good money maker but like there's like 25 half bottles of wine so yeah, like opened <clears throat> everybody on all the staff the whole it gets a party for the people there and the people working it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're drinking every night. <laughs> every night we're drinking. I'm stressed at the max. I'm making like 1,500% more drinks a night than I usually do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm making so wow. many drinks. Like I'm, you don't, you can't stop. Wow. And I'm also not smoking weed. I have no antidepressant. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anti-anxiety. <laughs> no and chill. I, and I'm in trouble with the law. And I have a stalker and my whole family's like fucking mad at me. And I have to go to these like court appointed drug classes that cost a lot of money (laughs) because I got rolled. Right. Yeah. So this is what's leading up to it. Now, suicidal ideation for me, I call them spells because they don't last very long. Um, That's exactly what I told my first, my doctor, like, okay, I got diagnosed with ADHD and the first medicine I tried made me have more suicide ideation. Mm-hmm. Me too. And she was like, yeah. And she was like, uh, you've never mentioned that before. And I was like, that's because I've lived with these. I know how to survive the yeah. ideation. Right. I'm cool. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, no, like the, how I'm taking these pills for Crohn's disease, by the way, I might have Crohn's disease. Uh. <laughs> it's lightly diagnosed, but, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, but like one of the side effects of the pills is this crazy extra shit. But I was like, it's fine. I can handle this stuff. I'd rather get my physical shit under control Yeah. because yeah. that's way more bothersome. 
But um, I went to Sundance was over, and then I had to do inventory, and inventory was insane because it was just Sundance, and it was Super Bowl Sunday, so we were closed. So I drove up to Park City, started drinking immediately, um, started doing inventory by myself, which is a two-person job. Um, Did they know you were there alone? Yeah, like I had full like I talked to my like my boss yesterday like he and I love each other like still like my beverage director Mm -hmm. so like I had the I had the keys to the palace like for every place like I knew the code to like every door (laughs) so like everyone was cool like um but I was gonna I I, he knew I was gonna be there doing uh inventory till the Super Bowl started then we were gonna go down I grabbed my friends a couple of my friends from Park City I was drunk and then I drove everybody down to a party in Salt Lake at our boss's house, like our general manager of the restaurant's house. Uh, I was passed out before kickoff. Um, I was sleeping wow. in his roommate's bed because we'd slept together before one other drunken night. Um, and he kicked me out because he's like, I got to get up early in the morning. It was like 10 o'clock at night. So I mm-hmm. walked up, grabbed my bag, told, said, told everybody bye. And on the drive home, I'm like, I'm going to kill myself when I get home. <laughs> and I got home and I had a 500 bottle of aspirin and it was like half full. And I just started fistfuls of it with chasing it with warm Pinot Grigio. And then I laid there for a couple hours and watched the color run out of my head. And I was having a very casual conversation with my brother, um, which was shitty of me. Yeah. Uh, my brother Zach, and and then at some point he realized I let I let something slip. I'd been drinking all day, and I was kind of starting to get scared. And he always said that if I killed myself, he'd stop playing music. <laughs> so that's another reason why he kept like kept me around. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, just make sure you keep playing music. And he was like, Ooh. yeah, like I. You said the keywords. Yeah. <clears throat> so he's like, uh, call one of your friends, or I'm calling the cops. Period. Like mm-hmm. that's what's happening right now. And he, my friend Ricky came and picked me up and took me to the University of Utah. And Zach emailed my family and said, Bobby's in the hospital. She tried to kill herself. And then he told me that he was not going to reward my bad behavior with his presence and didn't come see me. I was in the hospital for three days. No one in my family came and saw me. Um, (laughs) I didn't want my mom there. I didn't really want my sister there. But when she called... The, our last interaction was this email and she was like hi and i was like hey what oh, wait this is your mom i this cannot my, handle your mom no right now. this is my sister <clears throat> my mom i straight up told the nurses i'm like don't let her in like don't no. but zach emailed and told everyone like my code and stuff so the whole oh family had and it's like that's the last thing i need bro <laughs> you know yeah yeah but like he didn't know what to do you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be mad at him whatever but uh my sister called and was like hi and i was like hey she's like well what's going on and I just was like you know what I'm really tired I need to go and I hung up and then my grandparents called and yelled at me and said that so like my grandma's like so many people have it worse than you and my grandpa's like I just don't understand what's going on with you and but they were like we can't leave because of the business and (laughs) I was like okay I didn't expect anyone to show up yeah my friend Ricky was there and my friend Micaiah were there. They were the only two people who really know. They told my buddy Kevin and he like called and cried. Like he was like upset. He's like, I'm so sad. He's like, I love you so much. And it took a stranger. Um, 
because when you try to kill yourself you have to have someone in the room with you at all times um Mm -hmm. and i was in the hospital for three days and i had uh just some like um samoan mama in there (laughs) just chilling with me at night she was just gonna because like it was nighttime and we Mm -hmm. were just gonna like sleep but she's like honey why are you here she's like you don't need to tell me but what's going on and yeah. I'm like, I was just like, oh, I tried to kill myself. Cause like once the spell was over, I was back to my normal cheery yep. self. Yep. Um, and like, which was very baffling to everyone. Like the ER staff loved me <laughs> and like, they were like, how are you cracking <laughs> jokes right now? And my friend Ricky was like, it's how she copes, but it's also like, I'm over it now. <laughs> That's why yeah. you know? it was a spell. And- <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, <clears throat> so she's just like, well, where's your family? And I'm like, they're just not here. And she's like, why? And I was like, why would they be? And yeah. she was like, why would they be? Like, yeah. she couldn't, she just couldn't understand. And I couldn't understand why she would expect family to be there. Yeah. Like, it was something that I just couldn't get through my head. And Ricky kept going, Bob, you should call some people. Like, people are worried about you. People are worried about you. And um, so I called one of my roommates who I liked. And I was just like, hey, I'm in the hospital. I tried to kill myself. And she, like, immediately took work off. And... Like I called the Josies and I called one of them. I like text one of them and then they all yeah. started calling me and just telling me how grateful they were and like <clears throat> how sorry they were and mm-hmm. the reaction that I should have been getting, you know, from your family. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. And uh, Jake was <clears throat> in Alabama uh, and he was doing war games. So he was not even in a phone. But the second he heard, he was like, I'll come home. And I was like, no. I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, I'm coming home. Like, I'm coming home from the hospital today. I don't want to entertain you. Yeah. But he was like, he chewed out the whole family. He's like, I'm the only one who offered to come see Bobby. Yeah. She tried to, she tried to kill herself. Like, are you serious? Like, he's like, yeah. she, he was like, you know, we've always known she's had like a problem. Like, why weren't you guys there for her? Like, what's wrong with you? And everyone was just kind of like well she doesn't want me there zach was like i don't want to like reward her bad behavior and he's just like you guys are so fucked yeah fuck you (laughs) it's not even about you bro yeah like and i never would have expected jake to come to my rescue like that because we were like close in age and always battling but he was just like i can't believe you and he's just like he's like my house is empty he's like but we can just sit there he's like that's fine he's like just let me come and i was like no it's fine don't worry about it and my grandparents offered me money if i came down and stayed with them but only if i came down and stayed with them and um i just was like no i can't take work off and then i ended up taking work off and then when i got back like i just went through this weird shock Mm -hmm. it was like it was like i jumped into like a cold water every time i hit someone or like talked to someone and saw how they reacted and they were like what's going on and didn't yeah. react anyway like my family did yeah, yeah. and just kind of being blown away like my beverage director who's a 50 year old man cried and he's like bobby he's like i love you so much like why didn't you call me like i would have been there like all these random ass people who are reacting right and it made me really see what i was missing you know so i'm grateful that it happened but it also really just separated me completely from my family. But going, thinking about it, because when I was writing this out, because I was like, oh, I need to do the suicide hotline. 
you know, which the yeah. number, by the way, is 1-800-273-8255. Um, when I looked that up, I remember that my brother, Zach, had called the suicide hotline just to try to figure out how to help me. Wow. And I think about that and yeah. how I know that he was like a dickhead to me, but he feels just helpless. Yeah. And I really do feel bad for people who don't understand it because of the helplessness that they feel. And Zach said, I called the suicide hotline number in Utah and it was disconnected. And I was thinking about, first of all, that was the only resource he could think of. There was no like family of suicidal people hotline. There's no (laughs) fucking Mormon podcast to listen to. Yeah. And he's just reaching out to whoever he can and the line's disconnected and his sister might die and I shouldn't have done that to him. Um, now that I think about it, you know what I mean? <laughs> like there's etiquette, but like, <clears throat> I don't know. It was a weird experience. Sometimes I, <laughs> it, it does. I, I know that like his reaction is his reaction, but mm-hmm. that's really I've never called the suicide hotline. Because I can't believe I forgot that. <clears throat> well, I just, I would never. Oh, me neither. No, 100%. Yeah. And when people are like, why didn't you call me? You're like, that's not how you think when you're trying to kill yourself. No. <laughs> you're like, uh-uh. Because, like, suicide is so irrational, right? It's very irrational, and you get stuck in it. Yeah. yeah. And, like, either, like, now I can, like, smoke a J and I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, like, I can just take, like, a hit of pen with my pen and I'm good. Yeah. And like, cause, Or, like, take a Xanax. Because ADHD, the way ADHD is set up is your mind's constantly running. Yep. It's constantly run- running, and then it hyperfixates. And... My shit usually hyperfixated on negativity. Yep. Depression is rage turned inward. Yes. Um, yeah. So with that and ADHD and constantly just telling myself what an idiot I was and how everything I'm doing is wrong and da 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 uh, it really fed the depression machine. <clears throat> and when you're able to like slow your brain down a little bit, you can debunk all the bullshit you're telling yourself. Yep. Yeah. But if you're not giving yourself <laughs> anything whether it's like prescribed or weed or whatever, you can get into this funky ass slump <laughs> where like you're the biggest piece of shit that ever lived. So why live? Girl, I know that like you've told me this story one time before <clears throat> you've glossed over it a couple of times, but I'm really grateful that I know that it's not proper etiquette to involve other people in your suicide but I'm really grateful that you did. And I'm really grateful that even though it was really shitty that Zach decided to punish you after you had an attempt, I'm really grateful that he threatened to call the cops on you. And I'm grateful that he was trying to do the suicide hotline number. And I'm really glad <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm glad, like ninety percent of the time, probably. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie and say that, like, oh, I'm yeah. so, I'm so yeah. happy all the time. Because sometimes and I'm like, I'm but, not like, gonna be the kind of person that says you should stay for me because that's fucking not helpful. And, and but, you know, 
I really hate that too because people are like su- people are suicidal or selfish. It's like fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. <know>? Get <laughs> be on be in these shoes, sucker. Like well, like like every day is like pain. Yeah. I'm not even being dramatic. Like every no. day is painful. Like waking up in the morning hurts. Mm. Yeah. Like dealing with people. Like it feels like I'm have weight. Like I'm wearing like two shopping bags around my shoulders that are filled with like thousands of pounds. Yeah. And your and your lungs are filled with like water and your arms are just like you can't move real good. It's just like this whole thing weighs on you. Mm-hmm. And it's like every day is a fight. I'm in survival mode all the time. <laughs> like it's like I'm not I feel like if I was to kill myself and I was at that point where when you are at that point where you are like okay yep I'm gonna kill myself every day is a struggle and it's probably like the first not selfish thing you've done in a really long time <laughs> like because every day is not for you it's for someone else like I've stayed alive for my friends my family like whatever yeah like a lot of the years that I've been alive have not had nothing to do with my happiness yeah <laughs> like zero yeah. I'm just like I don't want people to feel bad but people need to also understand when you're asking someone especially like siblings friends even like my grandparents (laughs) like who see me twice a year unless we're dealing doing business where I'm getting screamed at they don't I'm not in their life like (laughs) you would there will be times where you won't be able to like call me but you don't call me that much anyways yeah so you'd rather have me be in ag- alone and in agony just so you can call on me sometimes and tell sometimes. me what I'm doing fucking up, fucked up in my life yeah. like seriously yeah. like how selfish are you <laughs> like I'm not the selfish one here it's like so like the fact that people are like that and then like they think they're helping but they'll be like my both my siblings uh with kids have been like you know if you kill yourself it affects the kids now so that's pretty shitty i mean it's the truth like statistically speaking if you have a someone who tries to like i mean look at me <laughs> you know yes. like i'm, I'm trying to yes. fight the statistic right now yeah yes. but um like i was looking up sylvia plath's kids because she killed herself who's and sylvia plath she's a like she's a poet and a riot writer okay but yeah. uh she wrote the belger and the bell jar is about being in the 60s and not wanting to fit the fitting society mold was killing her and she felt yeah. so much more comfortable in a psych ward being like in a psych ward because she wasn't like into being in high society and wanting to get married and all this shit she's like cool whatever i'll be crazy put me there yeah. um but she was also severely depressed and she eventually like had kids and stuff but she killed herself when she was 40 she put her head in a fucking oven um but one of her, her son killed himself. He hung himself. So she had two kids and 50% of them died by suicide. So like statistics are there and there's like more statistics. That's just like a famous for instance. Yeah. My mom tried to kill herself. Oh wait, are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. My mom tried to kill herself and uh, I was 14, 13, 14. I'd just coming home from uh did we talk about this on the exodus episode or is it supposed to be here um you kind of glossed over it 
Okay. I, I don't know if this one goes in this one. I think this probably goes in this one. This one goes in this one, not the drugs one. I mean, we can refer to it in the drug one, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so my mom, I come home from like a church activity and I find... My memories are hazy with this because I've blocked it out. I find a suicide note from my mom and razors and blood smeared across. And I um, don't know where my mom is. My mom's like not there. I run all over town. I don't have a car because I'm 14. I run all over town. I'm in a skirt because I just come home from like baptisms for the dead or something. And... I'm like running all over town. Cars are honking at me like being assholes at Chevron. Yeah. <laughs> Dragging Maine is a hobby in small towns. Yes. So like and causing hell when people walking by is also I had a foghorn at one point in my life. Yeah. I would have hog- I would have done it at you and it would have been rude. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know cuz I was bawling down the street and like running Oh, but no, I would not have done it. I would have no. stopped and asked if you needed a ride. No, <laughs> no, but there are some assholes in our t- hometown that mm-hmm. don't honk at children. First of all, first of all, and don't honk at children that are like clearly in a desperate need of help. Um, okay. So I'm like running all over town. I finally get home, and my mom is there, and it ends up being like over the next several weeks i'm the one going to the store after school i'm the one calling my mom in the middle of the day from school yeah. and i'm picking up like bandaged supplies and i'm coming home and i'm dressing her wounds and i'm not and she's telling me not to call the cops and she's telling me not to tell everyone anyone ever yeah and so my brother doesn't know this my sister doesn't know this my family doesn't know this like like, like to this day well, I kind of mentioned it in the big group text, but I have not. No, I've not told anyone. Okay. And then, <clears throat> well, okay. I did. I think I did tell my aunt eventually. In oh, a whatever. Crying <laughs> thing, but, yeah. Um, that, uh, I remember that when my therapist asked me that ACE question where mm. has anyone attempted suicide? Um, and I didn't that that was just like oh fucking yeah oh yeah like yeah it's weird how certain things like like i told you how uh like when we did the planet of salvation one how i'm like i'm having vietnam flashbacks of so many things mm-hmm. and it's like someone can just ask you like a question or something and it's like i haven't thought about it in years but yep yeah <laughs> like because that makes so much sense that it correlates today yeah i always forget too because my mom would threaten suicide all the time i forget that she did that yeah. Like, I forget that she did that until we talk about it. And then I'm like, oh, my God, she did that all the time. Like, she would threaten to kill herself, and then she'd tear off, terrify the fuck out of us. Like, yeah. she never went as far as your mom did. Like, there was no wounds to dress. Yeah. But there was, like, a fear there. And she obviously had some suicidal ideation herself. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, um, after that is when I actually started to have true suicide ideation. Like, I, before, I would be like, I don't know if I'm doing I don't know if I'm a blessing to my family. I wish I'd never been born type stuff. But uh, after this instance, I was like, or I could kill myself. And then uh, my mom also told me, I didn't really mean it because I cut across. If I wanted to really mean it, I would have cut up and down. Yeah, my mom told me that once upon a time too. Like, yeah. Like, um, 
don't tell kids that, first of all. So right, I it's start like, having... That's some information to have, you know. That's yeah. good, good info. Good, info good there, advice. Ma. Next yeah. time I'll know how to do it right. Um, so... Well, I remember my mom scoffing at someone. One of her friends slit his wrists. And she goes, he didn't even do it right. Instead of being like, okay, this is a cry for help. But this is like... Yep. This is like think our parents' generation where it's just like, Ugh. what do you what what what's what? wrong what, what? what's yeah. wrong what? you're like oh how sad your life's so hard yeah like I think that's the mentality so it's like <laughs> for her to be like look just so you know just so you don't make a big deal out of this yeah. like she's trying I to like judge you for yeah. her tra- for her traumatizing you yeah she's yeah. trying to judge you for that yeah anyways <laughs> so one day. I just had enough. And this was when I was still living at my mom. Uh, A lot of things happened after that. Um, But. Jesus. I'm having a moment here where I have a tick. So let me just. Like on your face? (laughs) Yeah. Like, so I have. You're having a physical reaction to this conversation. Yeah. I'm having. I have these triggers you know like and Mm -hmm. i've addressed these in like my therapy but with the trauma that happens i have these triggers and i just need to remember okay so um i pack i take everything from the house that looks like mine Mm -hmm. and uh i'm living on in a in a house like uh west no east of main street on first south uh-huh. and in that house there's like a couple of living rooms because it's like a polygamist house yeah probably is a couple yeah. of living rooms and then like a laundry room that's an extension in the back and then two other rooms and then an upstairs room and my brother occupies one my sister occupies another and um by the way that back room was totally haunted and I never went in there, but we made my brother go in there and like sleep there. The boy, that's what they're for. <laughs> he, he, he's the only one who can hold the priesthood, so he can yeah, just go in there right. and deal with that. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, what my room was was either the upstairs room or the the living room. And so I lived in the living room. I've done this a million times before with like a board up for privacy, but like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people can just go in my room. It was did not make for easy masturbation, by the right. way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I go through the house and I like take everything that could remind somebody of me and I hide it away under my bed. And I get a knife and my mom is in the house. Right. Right. My brother and sister aren't there, but my mom's in the house and she's like watching me do all these things like this is not normal behavior. Right. And the whole time I'm just fixated on like. Nobody really cares about me. They just care about what I can do for them. And like. If I were gone. They just find someone else to be their whipping boy sort of thing like and like nobody would actually miss me. Right. And I'm like. I'm I'm struggling because my mom is very unstable and like is threatening to move me to another school again and like I don't know like a lot of this was building up and I was just sitting there thinking I could do it 
I really could. I know yeah. how to do it, and I can do it. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, like, well, I, I don't think I actually want to do this. I'm going to put the knife away. So I just put the knife away. My mom watches me do that. Doesn't ask anything about it. Doesn't give a fuck, anyway, about anybody else. Right. Um, and I just think, you know, all my pictures are down. So... I think what I'll do is I'll wait to see if anyone notices if my pictures are gone. And and then I'll decide. Yeah. And then, honestly, nobody figured it out. Mm-hmm. And I ended up putting the pictures back up because I was like... Because the spell was over. But it also, yeah. but also it didn't make you feel good about it. Like, you were just like, oh, I still no. feel sad because no one fucking noticed. Nobody <laughs> cares. Yeah. yeah. And then also it did give me the space to be like, honestly... I've only got a few more years. Yeah, no, that was the good thing about, like, I'll get out of here soon, 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 yeah, soon. I'll be I honestly think, soon. I honestly think that's where my nervous breakdown, why it, where it came into effect, is because I was doing everything I could not to come back to that place, and I was mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've gone into debt for school, I've gone out to be a nanny, which I fucking hated, and now I'm back here, and it's just like I'm going crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's like literally gonna go crazy but anyways continue the the but yeah for sure if any high school kids are listening to this anybody really everything in life is fucking temporary i think look back at things Mm -hmm. and i'm like that was so long ago but it affected me heavy but like it doesn't even matter to me anymore yeah like certain things you know yeah and that's how i get through it is i'm like i've done the i've done this cycle so many times i know i'm gonna get through on the other side and be like right yeah have you had any more attempts since high school? No, but the suicide ideation got heavy mm-hmm. after... Well, so I left, right? My mental right. health significantly improved, but it's always just been in the back of my head. And also right. something that I didn't understand was suicide ideation until recently was my fantasies about uh, driving off of cliffs and like mountainsides and letting my car roll 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 until all the metal crushed around me and uh-huh. gave me a final hug the the like <laughs> i it's serious like i what i wondered what it would feel like feel like to be hugged to death is what i was thinking and like or what it would feel like to actually feel the hurt that comes from a car accident yeah and, like, I would even be, like, I could live and then experience, like, pain. Like, that would li- be alive, at least, you know? There's a Nine Inch Nail lyric that says, uh, I hurt myself today to see if I still hurt. Yeah. Um, which is a very, uh, and Johnny Cash covered it, too. It's very, he did a better job. I, n- I never say that, especially about my Nine Inch Nails, but Johnny Cash hmm. should do a better version. Mm-hmm. But, uh... I understand that feeling where you're just like so numb. I never yeah. really, I never really wanted to hurt myself. Like I experimented with cutting because I knew people were what that worked for some people. Yeah. Um, and I never really got that. And I think it's probably because my mom like constantly beat the hell out of me. <laughs> but yeah. like I had, I've had to like disassociate my body with my mind. Like I don't really have too much to say. Like I, I, I'm not in touch with my body at all. Yeah. Um, so I didn't understand the hurt thing, but I have heard that a lot and would you want to be like comatose and then finally come out of something and like maybe things were different is that like the is that the 
part of the fantasy or or what what is it or do you not want to walk away from it or you want to feel that pain and then die i think all of those situations like i don't want to be in a coma i well i never this is not happening but when i was experienced these things i didn't ever want to be in a coma what i wanted to do was experience the pain and then heal through it or just like die as like all of these things were crushing around me and like the sound of the metal would mm-hmm. would be like itch itch something deeper in my soul about fucking just letting go and letting your body suffer this to die yeah right and i did not know that that was a not normal yeah not what regular people do and b i did not know that that was considered suicide ideation until like literally recently when i told i told i tell spencer these things and he's like holy (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is i had a baby with her (laughs) the reason we dated six weeks is because i think or six months is any longer it probably would have come out and he'd have been like this chick's bad stop it (laughs) these titties but this chick's bad (laughs) shit um i think because i used to i don't do it anymore um i think i have ocd too like mm-hmm. i even do like the, i do the thing where I, I have to touch things a certain amount of times and stuff and uh when i'm having like when i'm really stressed it comes out pretty heavily mm-hmm, but i mm-hmm. go through things where if when i'm driving i think if i don't that's how i know it's really bad is if i don't constantly envision myself like dying i think i'm gonna crash Oh, is that suicide ideation? I just figured it was an OCD thing. I think I don't know. I don't like I don't like long for it. I just think that if I don't think about it, it's going to happen. I think that's more OCD or a a Tourette's of some sort or a um, Tourette's. (laughs) um, Yeah. uh, My best friend in high school actually had OCD and Mm -hmm. Tourette's and tics and um I studied it so much because I wanted her to know how much I loved her and how much I wanted to understand her. Right. And um, so I studied that a lot. And so I can see people's tics. I yeah. can usually catch on to them, but I have never noticed your tics. But I, I actually don't spend a whole lot of time with you. Well, I work really hard to make them not noticeable either. Yeah. my um, One of my, my brother's in my family somewhere my family has ticks and mm-hmm. never told me but i've been around him long enough to kn- to see yeah. that when he gets tired they are really hard to disguise yeah mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah, when he that's... started talking to me about it last year i was like hey i've been doing some research and ketamine actually helps that is he gonna do it um i don't know i was gonna talk to him about it when i went to visit him this this summer so um, I have a one of my my all time. He's not one of them. He is my all time favorite chef, Stanley. He uh, when he has a twitch, mm-hmm. and when I first met him, I'm like, "Did you used to like do math or something?" And he's like, "Why?" And I'm like, "She got this fucking mad twitch, dude." Hmm. And he goes, "It's from my apron rubbing on my neck at the beginning stages of culinary school because he's under so much stress." Uh-huh. That now when he's under stress or like when he like is chopping, he constantly has that tick because uh-huh. of like the stress of culinary school and yeah. like he, he's probably like partying too hard and stuff. So he has that tick and <laughs> oh, because we got so close working together and stuff, it would only come out when he was like overworked or tired or yeah. something. Yeah. And so like when I'd see it, <laughs> I'd be like 
how many coffees have you had today? And if he's like, none, I'm like, okay, sit down. I'm going to grab you some water. Cause it's just like, you're obviously stressing. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. But like, I like that you pay attention. I like that. I pay attention to like, I think it's like, but that says something too. Like Tourette's was a joke in high school. Like not another oh, teen people movie. still joke about yeah. it, you know? But like people are like getting better about it. I think it's okay to joke or whatever. But like, oh yeah, that scene in What About Bob, excellent, <laughs> and so humorous. And as per as somebody who had tics for a while, mm-hmm. I think it's funny. Well, I mean, I told you about when I was in culinary school, which is probably why I love Stanley's tick. Is when I was in culinary school, there was a very small chunk of my bang that went completely like kinky. What is it like? Uh, it was like completely kinked and it was like fuzzy because of it. And it was just one patch of hair. And for those who don't know, I have very straight, fine, thin blonde hair. (laughs) Like I've got a lot of blonde hair, but it's all like baby hair and it's like blonde ass hair. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I had this, like, I mean, I don't want to say ethnic hair because that's like, is that's inappropriate? I don't know. That's the only way I don't describe it, but it was like kinky. Oh, so like, you know what I mean? There was a curl pattern. Yeah. It was like, but it was like, it was kind of kinky too though. You know what I mean? Like, um, but like it stuck straight out and it was just this little patch of hair and it's cause I was stressed and then yeah. it went away. Like, yeah. Once I learned how to manage the stress, and I looked so crazy and like, <laughs> I would just send my sister pictures. I'm like, look at it today. And we would just die. Like, I was oh like, <laughs> so stupid. That's crazy. Yeah. But like your body reacts weird ways to stress. Like, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, but I will say that the ADHD diagnosis was like life changing, 100% yeah. life changing. Oh yes. Like, let's talk about that. Like we both discovered the same way, correct? Through memes. I don't know how did <laughs> through memes. <laughs> through memes. I'll tell, yeah, I'll tell you my, uh, so I have this longtime friend. Her name is Stacia. She Stacia. is like, so great to me. I met her, um, in our first branch in Bountiful she and I were like, we, um, my husband and I were called as primary teachers at first and her husband and her, what am I saying? This weed's kicking in. Her husband and her were, um, also primary teachers and we sat next to each other. And so this primary was so fucking dysfunctional and wild that we would always just like crack jokes underneath our breath. And it was kind of like dating because we were like, these guys are really cool. And I'm like trying to like work up the courage to say, hey, we could be friends and give them my number and like try to like date them as like a couple friend. You know what I mean? Huh. Okay. Oh, you were on mute. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was rambling because I was like, she doesn't get it. And she I'm doesn't like panicking get it. here. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm doing a, I'm going, I'm listening to you. Um, but I'm also, uh, going to hit the pen. for my birthday and i no no no, i'm not hitting the pen i have to pick up a swimming suit for my friend who lives in a small town and can't get one otherwise so sorry oh. i was just communicating with her i apologize okay well <laughs> but i was listening okay. okay 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 station <laughs> i met her in that branch and so we became really tight friends and we kind of apostatized together from the church in separate ways and that'll be fun to get into later but mm-hmm. she and I have been friends ever since. And I was at her house uh, last year during the pandemic. We had like, she had just had a baby. And so Aww. we were visiting her and the baby and like, it was so cute. And like, we were just like, it was like one of the few get togethers I did during the pandemic. 
where and it was like it was like she needs like I'm very sensitive to like new mothers because my friend had a baby during the pandemic too and I was just like I didn't go to her but I like sent her like groceries yep yeah it's like I'm sorry I can't be there cooking for you and like cleaning and rubbing your yeah. feet because you need it like how terrifying to have a baby during the pandemic yes well and then like Stacia I met her at the branch like one of the first times I met her was how she had a baby and she told me that motherhood was really hard on her and so our I've watched all of her kids grow up and like my kid was playing with her kids in the driveway while we were like just hanging out and um Stacia was asking me something and I was like I'm just trying to have the emotional intelligence and awareness to express myself without being like offensive but also not hiding myself that's like a new thing I'm trying so I told Where you're her just like being like direct with what's happening. So people yeah. don't misinterpret your mood. Yes. Yeah. In real time. Because I find I I'm trying not to push people away. Yeah. 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 So, uh, she asked me something and I said, I'm so sorry. I did not hear what you said because I was watching halo to make sure that she didn't, um, get out of control on this bike. She was trying and she looked at me and was like, you have ADHD, don't you? <laughs> and I looked at her like, what, what the hell the are you hell? talking about? I'm not a 13 year old boy. Yeah. But also like, <laughs> I don't listen to ska. What do you mean? <laughs> also it made like everything clicked in that moment. Every single fucking thing clicked because I had been struggling in school and this pandemic had brought out the worst in me. And, um, I couldn't function in daily life because I had no, uh, train of, train of action to follow like executive dysfunction is what it's called and so I was just like what did she say and I said you I bet you're right and I my grandmother my grandma tried to diagnose me at 17 with ADHD but I'd seen it as a problem and a reason that my brother and sister got in a lot of trouble and expensive because I didn't know how much the drugs were and my mom always said they were expensive and so they probably weren't violin was $35 a month it wasn't expensive yeah so um and and also look in the mirror mom um but then uh so everything like fit and I went home and I got on reddit and I looked up all these ADHD memes and then suddenly on tiktok were a lot of ADHD Mm -hmm. like explanations or like science the ADHD life part 27 and like, well, and it's you know not what like, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not oh like the, <laughs> yeah, they're just number, showcasing number, how ADHD they are. That guy that goes five number of hours. It takes for me to feel alive in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's so fucking true. I'm like, I've never found a more perfect like group of people. I'm like these, this is my fucking tribe. And I had fought it for so long. And now I'm like, I have ADHD. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's because ADHD to me was, like, Kyle Grimley had ADD, and he went to he went to a fucking lagoon, like, twice a week. And we what? Lived, we would live, like, three hours away from lagoon. He During the summer, he'd go all the time. During the school year, he'd go, like, at least once a week. Like, he always was a lagoon. He had every gaming thing. He was, like, mellow. Like, I love Kyle. But, like, <laughs> he was on Ritalin since, like, he was eight uh-huh um and so like in my mind that's what it was and i'm like i don't need 
to be I don't, overstimulated. I don't need to go to Lagoon. <laughs> like you're like, I've been to Lagoon twice and that's more than fine. And it's like <laughs> And like it's like and I don't like like the video games and stuff, like no, like I paint, I read, I watch like I'm pretty like sluggish <laughs> unless I'm working. But Bro, why um, is Kyle Grimley so hot? <laughs> he is the cute because okay, A, he's he looks like Val Kilmer, first mm-hmm. of all. And B, he's like so goofy and sweet. He's like the sweetest yeah. boy alive. I love him. His mom he looks is like a dude. I just looked him up on Facebook because I'm a face person. I don't know who <laughs> you're talking about. But his like cover photo is a uh-huh. bunch of like people at the round at the Last Supper, and Einstein is Jesus. <laughs> I love him. There's like so many funny people. There's Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> But Continue. Go he ahead. He was him and Jake were best friends. So like Kyle and Jake were inseparable. And like Kyle was like my like ever since Jake and him were like eight years old, like they were together. So he was yeah. either, he was at my house, and we're going to pick Jake up at Kyle's. Like or you're going to Lagoon. <laughs> well, no. Like I remember we were driving. He came with us for something to like a fam. I don't know. He came with us to a family event, and we were in my grandma's car, and it was me and him and jake and my brother zach and my grandma uh-huh. and um I, I, we must have been going to lagoon and he's like this is about the seventh time i've been this year and it was like june <laughs> this summer and it was like june 11th <laughs> <laughs> and i remember just like turning around and looking at him and i'm like, like what the fuck excuse me <laughs> that is okay like once a year is almost too much to go to lagoon i think well for like, a, like i mean like for a child i can understand i mean like yeah t- totally but it's like that's also a five-hour tr- round trip. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, it's like seven if you're in a bus. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or with your grandparents. Right. But, like, he had, like, an ADD group. Oh so, my in my God, head, I'm thinking so it's, funny. like, the hyper boys who were, like... <laughs> hyper boys club? Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't have ADHD. There's just no way. And then... Um, but I also worked a lot. And I was trying to treat my depression. Because that's was just what I thought I had. And... Um, then during the pandemic, I was just spending a lot of time scroom, uh, doom scrolling, and every once in a while there'd be like a meme dump that's all about ADHD, and I'm like, twenty after twenty, relatable. <laughs> uh, so I was like, ha, huh, interesting, and I was feeling the anxiety because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, and. So I went to the doctor and she gave me that fucking ADHD test. Yes, which I f- first test I've passed aced it was flying time. colors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the best part about do you know this, your number? No, because this is why it's a front and back quiz. Like it's a two pager, <laughs> oh, yeah. and she went through like a third of it. She was adding it, calculating it, and she just puts it down and she goes, "Yeah, you have it." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. funny. Oh, my God. I think I got like a 64, which is high. On the Crohn's pills, I had a really rough time for like a month and a half. Yeah. And that was recently. But it also showed me like how p- the progression that I've had because I was struggling with the stuff that I was nor- was normal to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this isn't stuff I'm experiencing on a day to day anymore because yeah. I've addressed the ADHD and at least knowing like like I said knowing's half the battle it makes you feel less crazy yeah yes because I could be like okay so for example one of the symptoms or effects of ADHD is um executive dysfunction where you can't you can't do the steps to do something and so if you're like 
oh, I'm experiencing that today. It helps you be like, just like slow down and recognize that's the name for that. It's okay. <laughs> or like another part is rejection sensitivity disorder, where you feel extremely rejected at the slightest thing. And it's not even supposed to make you feel like that. That doesn't sound and like so you at all. <laughs> when I experienced that since November, 2020, I have mm-hmm. been able to be like that. Oh, that's what that is. Yes. That's what that is. It's not real. Well, and you know also I mean? like spending like a decade treating depression and i'm not saying like like i said i bet i will be on depression pills in the next 10 years at some point just to mm-hmm. get that spark going um but <laughs> i've been tr- trying so hard i've been doing everything that i can financially and spiritually and emotionally and everything that i can do to treat this depression and nothing's helping so to finally mm-hmm. have and i told her i was like i want to take the backdoored approach to my depression to treating my depression which is treating my adhd and yes. it's been so such a blessing to finally just be able to have a solution like a, like yes. a more like I feel like I'm finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. Where I just felt like I've been swimming in the dark for the past decade <laughs> and like swimming my ass off and I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, I had a kind of a, a bad reaction to my ADHD meds, which was, um, yeah, I told you already that I had an uptick in suicide ideation with mm-hmm. one medication. So I switched to another and it hasn't happened, but I like, had a weird, I didn't have a weird reaction. Well, like Adderall, I don't necessarily love it. Like, I think it's like very effective Yeah. Um, when you need it. I don't think, I don't see myself taking it every day ever. No. <laughs> like that's not something cause like it gives me a headache and it kind of makes me grind my teeth. Like it's, it's microdose meth. Let's get real. Yeah. But, and, uh, yep. I, the uh, anti-anxiety pills she had me on were giving me the weirdest dreams. Like, the weirdest dreams. Like, I thought... <laughs> I had a dream that my... Because f- I was living with my friend at the time. One of my friends at the time was living in her basement. And I had... Like, like I am now, but different different friends. <laughs> <laughs> Make me a room in your basement. <laughs> Shut up. I told Spencer about the summer plans that you were doing. And he was like... I wish that our basement was finished because I would totally be fine with her living here. And he fucking never says that about anyone. We've really? both vowed. Uh, we've, we've <laughs> vowed forever. No more roommates ever again. Well, and he was like, really special. He can, she can live in our basement. And I was like, then I wouldn't have anywhere to podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, in my room, we could just, we would really have to do like a Joseph Smith setup. where Yes. <laughs> But, like, I think it's really cute that he thinks that I need, like, a finished basement to live in. Like, it doesn't need to be finished. <laughs> um, but Girl, no, you've I, seen this basement. I no. love it. It's like my mom's basement. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm excited to move down south, though. We can, we're still, like, nothing's going to change. It'll be fine. Exactly. Um, but uh, what was I saying? I don't remember. Don't remember him. ADHD coming in hot. <laughs> this is not helping. The weed definitely does not. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was saying, okay, so my anti-anxiety pills, I was living in my friend's basement, and I had a dream that was so real. And by the way, like, I usually know when I'm in a dream um, mm-hmm. that her boyfriend came down and was touching my toes. And mm. I got up and I got up and I was pissed. And her and her sister were sitting in, like, the couch, like, in the next room in the basement. And I was like, what the fuck was Jonathan doing? And Tony was like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, he just came. He was like fucking with my feet. Tell him that's weird to not do that. Like, that's fucking weird. Yeah. And she's like, 
they're like, Alvy, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, Jonathan was just in here touching my feet. Like, that's what woke me up. And they're like, we've been sitting here for two hours before he even got up. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't been in your room one time. <laughs> so I was like, oh, these are the pills I'm on. And then, like, a lot of other things came to light. So, I, like, I, like, text my doctor immediately. And I'm like, I'm not taking these anymore. And she's like, yeah, stop. No. <laughs> no. But, um... Yeah, so like Adderall, like I'm I'm down with Xanax. Xanax is scary though because it can be like habit forming, but I do find that like I can go a couple of days without it, and not even worry. Like I try to like solve my problems by myself. Mm-hmm. Like I try to like do the meditation, slow myself down when it comes to anxiety, and then if it becomes overwhelming, that's when the Xanax comes. Yeah, but it also does help to like do steady. Like I'll take one in the morning no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'll try not to you know, go like, like I'll, I'll, I'll try to hold off as long as possible for the next yeah. one. Yeah. You know, I do um, that too. what, what were your uh, pandemic mental health challenges and pressures? Um, I had to close my business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have been lashing for four years, five years. I can't remember. And, um, I was doing really well and, especially since I had a kid. So um, I had to close my business. And you had like a cute little shop too. Yeah. Thank you. You went, you went to it. (laughs) Um, And I had to close because number one, it's a pandemic. Number two, my, my, I am very close with my grandparents and I was not going to be the reason that they got sick. So it's my grandparents, but I'm like, I refuse to be the reason. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, and Spencer's grandma, we see her like every other week and, uh, she's 93 and she lives with, um, Spencer's mom now. So I was just like, not going to go there. I was not going to be the reason anybody's grandma died. Um, so that was hard. Then my husband, he works from home now and I'm not going to say that it was a struggle because we're very blessed to have a work from home position anyway, but Spencer and I do get along very well. And a lot of people were struggling in their marriages because Mm -hmm. they had to spend more time with each other, but we really did make it work at the same time. It's sometimes nice to be a part. Yeah. Or (laughs) feel accountable to yourself, Mm -hmm. not, not feel like you always have to be on or doing something. Oh, right. Yeah. And then like, or like checking in with him, you know? So like the work day was good. Mm-hmm. But then in other ways, it made me like less worried about him. And like, it helped really strengthen our relationship a lot. So, yeah, like it's been interesting watching. <clears throat> Cause like my thing was I was running a restaurant. I had like 50 staff mm-hmm. and we had to have like, uh, it was three days where every 30 minutes things had changed drastically. So we like went from like Thursday, like, I, le- I had, uh, like, one of my best servers left because she was 62. And she's like, I can't risk it because she lived with her mom. Yeah. She left the next day. Like, it just was, like, boom, 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 boom. And then we were closed by Sunday. And on Sunday, all my staff was on a double. Everyone was tripping balls. People were still coming in. Whoa. <laughs> and my assistant manager was in France. So I did the whole thing by myself. Oh, my God. I was living in, like, a windowless uh, basement apartment in a mansion in Park City just so I could be close to my job yeah. <laughs> like it really made you see what you put yourself through to go to a job 
Uh-huh. Like I was in this windowless room and by the way, my, the person who owned the mansion was still having her housekeeper come. And since his kids weren't there, he would or work on a school. He'd bring them with and they'd run all through the house. <laughs> so I didn't, well, none of us knew. I mean, like think back to the early days of the pandemic where no one knew what the hell was going on. Yeah. And then I had to trust these little children to be making the right choices. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. So like, I just wasn't leaving my area. So like, I wasn't seeing the sun for days at a time. Wow. And that was freaky. So like, I got out of there pretty quickly. Um, and then I like offered myself up to be let go if they had to make cutbacks at my job because I was fed up at my job anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and I go from elation to terror on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's getting better. But like at the beginning, like I was f- tripping balls, but then I really, again, like you said, you have to like really see yourself. You don't always have to be on. And then I really had to like focus on how I have changed myself to fit into people's molds, which I promised myself yes. I never would do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know? And I did that for this job that I was at and this toxic environment I was in, which is like Park City and the the elite, quote unquote. <laughs> um yeah. and just like the mentalities and the the rest of the sh- like the chauvinism and the restaurant industry and all this stuff and working a shit ton and mm-hmm. not focusing on myself at all and you know, all this stuff like came to a head and I had to like get comfortable with just not having anything to do because there was nothing to do and not going out. And, you know, I went through a period where I drank a shit ton and then I was mm-hmm. like, I can't drink as much because like, I got to stop mm-hmm. drinking. And then, so there were a lot of healthy and unhealthy parts, but like the bottom line is like, none of us have done a pandemic before, so there's no right exactly. way to act. You know? Exactly. Um, so. Another things that I was doing was less like, I had also started school and so I had that additional pressure on me and I think that's what really um, highlighted the ADHD part and I I was constantly thinking I was dying because I had seen somebody that day and we didn't understand how the virus really worked and then there was just like the election stuff the um, social unrest yep the Black Lives Matter movement that I got involved in fucking the world was like i was reading posts from facebook about the people in italy and like how their dead are being stacked in you know buildings like and not being able to be taken care of and i was just like i'm dying this is it i'm not gonna survive a pandemic not in this bod (laughs) well i mean yeah, like, I feel like I got really lucky in this pandemic because, like, the first month sucked because there was uncertainty. And then, like, I lived in that shitty place and all that. But since then, I've been, like, getting a steady income. <laughs> like, I, I have a roof over my head. Mm-hmm. I, I my, my account hasn't gone in the red once, which is crazy. Because wow. it would go in the account. It would go in the red, like, every other week when I was working. Oh, girl. Yeah, like, I. If that's not a sign. <laughs> Well, right. And it's just like, and it's just like, that was like, I was, it cost money to work, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't know how I'm ever going to go back to work. I'm glad that we're doing this restaurant thing because I'm like, thank God. Cause I can't have a boss. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't do it anymore. That's the biggest perk of like my last job is that I'm that I'm truly the boss. I was able to, you know, quit and I knew the risks there, but like, I'm able to pick it back up again and not have to find a job. Because yeah. working for people sucks. 
It really does. ADHD people. <laughs> well, I mean, in general, too, like, the, the restaurant industry is, like, my first love. I guess music's my first love. The restaurant industry is my second. But mm-hmm. there is so much toxicity. Yes. <laughs> so you know, much. We're, we're going to go over all of it. Mm-hmm. In, in another episode, episode. Yeah. <laughs> stay tuned if this podcast is not long enough for you <laughs> now now we're only two hours in we're gonna go over restaurant toxicity <laughs> it's like 5 a.m when i'm like and that's part one <laughs> and i'm still as high as a kite just giggling along Jesus. um no but i'm actually weirdly grateful for the pandemic girl my life has changed oh another thing i was dealing with (laughs) is uh i was breaking off my relationship with um my aunt and my cousin which tore apart my family uh because i was always the one who had to play nice but i decided to put myself first yeah which with the pandemic was really easy to do because so easy because there's like no one's getting together (laughs) and i was seeing my aunt and my cousin for their true colors Right. As they were coming out against the vaccine, the virus, the masks, the the Trump, you know what I mean? Like, Can I tell Trump you, stuff? though, like, seeing people for their true colors, like, I have, and it's not just Trump supporters, like, I had a friend who, they're super liberal and stuff, like, but, like, I saw her true colors, and I'm like, you're not good. Yeah. And if I would have ever had time to sit and really reflect, I would have figured yeah. that out on my own. But yeah. I haven't. And you've been a constant figure in my life for a year, and you are yes. and you're dragging me down. Yes. <laughs> like, there's so many people in my life that I just didn't recognize were toxic. Yeah. I just didn't yes. recognize it until I could stop and be like, oh. And then there were some people where I was like, I don't know how you weren't more in my life. Come on over. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know? like me and you. Yeah, like us. Um, I had to, I mean, one of the things that we were doing, which I was enjoying, was a social thing that my friends and I were, they would all come over to my house. We'd watch a movie. And mm-hmm. this was happening like every three weeks. And yeah, we were that's always hard. the hosts. And it was 14 people max, but mm-hmm. often like at least 10. And they would stay all night, like, until, like, one in the morning sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, is that a fun thing? Is that a social thing that I am enjoying because it's, like, a party? Yes. But without the pandemic, it made me realize that, like, I just 100% overextend myself to my detriment uh-huh. all the time. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. You really do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna break you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, look, you're gonna need to stop doing that. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> um. No, but that's true. Like I overextend myself too all the time, and I've had to put boundaries up. And like it's been nice too because everybody's understanding right yeah. now. And you can just be like, look, I'm just going through it right now. Like I Maybe love you. Maybe we're all upgrading. Like we're I really all feel like we're all upgrading. Yeah, yeah, we're all understanding that like you can't live off seven dollars an hour, and like you need mental health is a uh, you know a priority, like number a, one, a and, foundation. Yeah. Uh, it's like having health worldwide healthcare is mm-hmm. a priority. Universal healthcare. <laughs> yeah, like hello, people are like afraid to get a virus because they're going to go into debt the first person that got charged it was over a hundred thousand dollars no his fucking and then at like, that they, point i'm like money does not exist fuck you like right but it's like well like my suicide attempt cost fourteen thousand dollars i was in the hospital for three days they waived to four grand of it 
So it costs ten thousand dollars to survive a suicide attempt. I'm like, what do you think this is gonna make me do? Feel better? <laughs> like, get the fuck yeah, out of here! I'm already broke. <laughs> well, I'm and like in crippling debt now. <laughs> and like the 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 psychiatrist came through, and they're like, we want you to stay for like a week. I'm like, no. I can't afford it. I'm like, all I'm doing is looking around and looking at it like, oh, I take a pill. I'm like, I'm not paying for this. I'm not paying yeah. for this bed. Like, I'm none yeah. of you guys are getting paid. Like, people, some of you might lose your jobs because I'm not going to pay my bill. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm sorry, but I can't afford it. So, like, yes, I would love to stay in your psychiatric facilities and really get to the root of what the fuck's going on with me for the next week. But I can't afford it. And you guys couldn't either. <laughs> yeah, you guys can't either. <laughs> so stupid. Let's go to work again, though, guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's buy a tank. <laughs> so many things happened last year. Do you remember all of them? Because they're rewriting. No. We didn't start the fire with things that just happened in 2020. Shut the F up. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm not genius enough to do it, but it is already Someone is. It's, it's not... Yeah. It's I'm the we're like the type of people that come up with the idea to do it and then we're like, okay, go do it. <laughs> we're the geniuses, but other people are the grunts. Like, well, that's like that's how Apple. That's why Apple's so successful. Like, uh, what's his show? The main guy. What what's is his show? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Mister Mister Dad Jeans. Uh, <laughs> he was like the dreamer, and he had like a tech guy. So he's like, this is what I want, and he'd be like, figure it out. Because like tech people are too like one-dimensional and like black they, and white to be like yeah. oh so like they need you dreamers and smart people need to work together we need to cohabitate come together <laughs> like i'm like i don't know why i'm so upset but because i'll never own a tesla but i'm upset that you can't have the freaking solar panels just right yes. on the car what the hell yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> i was ranting and raving about that to some stranger online the other day <laughs> And they're like, well, it would only give you like an extra like four miles an hour. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know why. Why? I don't want to know why, but that's stupid. Someone should figure that out. <laughs> yeah, we're the geniuses. Other people work it out. Well, let's make it look fancy. Like come up with good ideas. Like make a lighter solar panel and make it part of uh, the paint. Wrap the car in solar cells, dumbasses. Well, that's right. Like I'm like, can't you just like bust out like grind up a solar panel, throw it in some paint, and then throw Give it on the car. Give me Elon Musk. Get him <laughs> Give on the line. <laughs> We're ready. That just scared the hell out of me. I'm like, who's knocking so ferociously at you? <laughs> I'm just pounding my mahogany desk. My mahogany. <laughs> okay, so let's... Okay, wait. Are you high? Usually, yeah. Okay. I think I'm just getting slap happy. It's... Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but let's take it down a notch and okay. talk about friends who have some come to mental illness. Good God, Bobby. That's it. <laughs> the emoji the, where the chart goes all the way down. Yep. <laughs> Bringing it down. Basement level. Um, honestly, I feel like we have, I think it's, they're, they're mostly just roots from PTSD. Most people who like killed them. Like, do we have friends? Like, we had Jeff, who was a classmate. I, I think the pressures of the world just got to be too much for him. Oh, my but God. But I feel like... What a poor dude. Yeah. He had triplets, man. He but, was the father of triplets? Yeah, but, like... I mean, I to I've told you this story before. I ran into him, like, a month before he did it. It was, like, the month before Christmas. He did it, like, the month after Christmas. But um, I ran into him at, like, the family dollar. <laughs> and, um, In Richfield? Yeah, and he was just like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm all right. Like, I was sick. Because, um, I, I, like, my body was, like, I was 
processing stress through physically like I was that's how I was processing stress so I was like really sick and he was just like I'm going through a really hard time and I'm like well you'll get through it man and that's so strange because usually I'm the type of person who's like let's talk about it yeah <laughs> but that day I was just like whatever man you'll figure it out like just keep your chin up and I walked away oh. and yeah he died he killed himself like a month later <clears throat> but um I think the real tragedy part here is that he probably thought his life was so not valuable that his triplets were better off getting a social security check than having him around yeah which bums me out but i feel like that's a common that's been a that's a common thing in richfield i feel like like jessica walton's dad killed himself and she got a social security check and i always was jealous of that (laughs) i was like jessica walton i was like no dad add a social security check damn (laughs) yeah you remember her um i'm trying to think of her husband also killed himself oh my god this is so sad yeah i think that's crazy like her dad killed himself and then she married a guy and he killed himself like i think it was pretty same timeline as like because how old her daughter was was how old she was yeah so that's weird i don't i don't know oh my god but like uh veterans there's i have a couple of veterans who've killed themselves um and that is actually the hardest for me <laughs> because you have these sweet boys who are like signing up to go serve their country and then it breaks them and turns them into like a shell of a human being. Yeah. And then that's like so hard to watch. And if you stay in, you can't seek mental health um, yeah. shit because it hinders your career. Mm-hmm. And when you're out, the VA's trash and there's a lot of like I feel like there's like so much like thank you for your service like people give like so much artificial love to the troops mm-hmm. and there's no like hey man yeah you killed a lot of people how you holding up yeah <laughs> it's it's support our troops until they get home and have to be citizens mm-hmm. yep most um homeless people with mental illnesses are veterans i've read that i mean i don't know if that's a real statistic or not but i've read that more than once but um one that hit home was our friend chris menarchy and he was a marine and he and i had a conversation after he was out um and he had gained like 100 pounds and he'd lost all of his teeth and um he when he got home he married a, a russian girl and his night terrors were so bad that he was like beating her up or like she, she'd, she'd wake up and he'd be like choking her out and she'd be like, Chris, 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 Chris. And like he was staying at my brother's house one time and he was like, if I'm screaming in the night, please don't wake me up because it'll kill you. Which was crazy because I was suicidal at the time and I was like, if he freaks out, I'll go in and wake him up and he can kill me. That's an easy suicide. It's yeah. like suicide by cops. Yes. <laughs> um, oh my God. But he got really paranoid. Um, he said the only way that he could redeem himself was the end of the world so he could protect the innocent because he took innocent lives. Mm-hmm. And one time he said that his gun ricocheted and shot him in the stomach, but he shot himself in the stomach, but he lived. And what? then he got really into like conspiracy stuff and government stuff. And mm-hmm. he died of a heart attack, quote unquote, when he was like 36 so wow wow he was like 38 i don't know is that what the obituary said or is that are you using air quotes because he that was the excuse everybody gave but he actually uh well that's the thing like yeah like you know how they just say that yeah they said he just had heart failure Mm -hmm. um 
but he could have been assassinated or killed himself <laughs> because yeah. I guess I guess he was digging into some government shit. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> because he was like a high intelligence officer, but he was also like a, sh- a sharpshooter. But he'd go on these like uh like seven man like sil like like the people who got Osama bin Laden. He would have been on that sort of thing. Wow. But he was doing that in South America. But he yeah he killed himself and he's my he's my brother's best friend um and i it was just really watching his decline helped me in a way because mm-hmm. it made me want to be like not that down in the dumps <laughs> like yeah. i'm like I either want to get it over while i look at an open casket or <laughs> i want to better myself yeah um have you had any close people off themselves um I was thinking of this person the other day and he was not close to me and like, I really didn't know him outside of work. He was my team lead for when I started at 1-800-CONTACTS and his name was Devin Day and he was um, a return missionary, a former Mormon, um, but he was gay and he was out and proud and he also liked to drag. Uh, I think we called it cross-dressing back in the day. But he liked to... You called it. Drag's been an art form for many, many decades. So. Uh, I think I think he told me cross-dressing, but he would, like, just well, dress was up he, as... Well, was he trans? Like, is it, did he, like, what, did he, like, dress up as a woman to go out? Or was he, yes. like, a, or was he, like, a, today, I'm... Or, like, when he, would he dress up as a woman at work? No. Uh, he was a he. Yeah. But he, when he went out with his boyfriend, fiance, he was like, uh, like a, a like her, a, a like RuPaul's a, Drag Race or like a transgender woman, a transgender woman. Okay. When he was okay. like out on the town, but at work he wasn't like so. Okay, so yeah, that is cross dressing. Okay, go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Now that we have that down, um, it's like you said that I was, remind you of Avril being there. I got real defensive. <laughs> you got mad. Okay, I was like, listen. <laughs> Um, so he was my, he was, yeah, living this life. Mm -hmm. Um, he died, uh, the next year after I started, Uh um, did you guys still work together? Um, no, I had moved on to a different team. Mm -hmm. He was like right after we were in training. Um, so when I looked at his, um, Obituary. obituary this i'm getting mad uh <laughs> devon jack day loving son our loving son brother and friend has returned to the loving embrace of his heavenly father and lord savior jesus christ hmm. has he though uh devon was an eagle scout and a member of the order of the arrow he served a missionary to the people of japan for the church of jesus christ latter-day saints uh, this is like an, this is their family uh, sucking their own dick. By the way, this, yes. this obituary. This has nothing to do with him at all. He proceeded in death by his grandfather. Family would like to thank all those who have been such an influence and support in Devon's life, as well as those who have helped the family during this time. Um, yeah, no mention of his actual life. <clears throat> no, and like Chris's obituary was like two paragraphs long. It was like he served his country, 
uh he was lo- like he was loving to everyone who knew him da, 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 da. he's preceded in death by these people and it's just like there yeah. was there was a whole person there yeah <laughs> yep yeah and it's and this person is nothing like this yeah like you didn't yeah this is this isn't telling anybody anything i love those obituaries that are like sassy yeah <laughs> and that's what mine's gonna be too yeah. um my my uncle Jim, who died just this last year, this year, uh, mm-hmm. his was sassy too, and I was like, "Good on you." Yeah, um, good. But yeah, like he's gone, and I I guess I think of him often just so that somehow in the cosmos, maybe he'll pick up that I I am pissed off about this, and I remember yeah. him for who he was, even though mm-hmm. he was in my life so short. And like, even if he doesn't, uh. It, even if there's nothing in the cosmos or whatever like here i just want people to know that like i have trans people in my life and i fucking love them mm-hmm. and like it's a bummer it makes me sad that like these things that are gonna eventually one day be so simple yeah like not even a big deal yeah are making people kill themselves like utah has such a high suicide rate with yes. amongst like gays Ki- and teens and kids yep and teens. yeah yep and it's like the ratio. I mean, we're going to talk about this for a lot of episodes. Yeah. I'm not sorry about it. I'm going to shout it from the rooftops. But like the lack of mental health, the way that the religion suppresses people, mm-hmm. like the way that it's okay to just kind of be openly anti certain things and people. Yep. It's just like so. And then like mob mentality behind it. Yeah. And then like, even though with like, the veterans who have the ptsd too like it's like the Mm -hmm. the solution's so fucking simple a like let's have a more let's not use bodies to solve wars first of all to solve disputes and then if we have to let's give these guys the care that they deserve let's pretend you know like they're worth the equipment that they carried yeah (laughs) you know yeah um so yeah like i i think it's where it's interesting that we're sitting here talking about people who have died and we're feeling sad about it but we're talking about ourselves dying we're like no it's not that big a deal yeah. so like i guess this is perspective time um <laughs> oh is that um my uh no i mean like just just i'm just saying like i'm putting I, this is the first time i'm putting it in perspective because yeah i have felt sad when people have died and i think that's okay to feel sad when people are commit suicide like i'm not mad at chris for killing himself i'm not mad you're not mad at this guy it's just like it's just like it's avoidable yeah and uh i talked a lot well i haven't talked to him in a while and i feel bad but a lot of you last year i was checking up on my friend who just is sad a lot and Uh is like fighting to not kill himself like monthly you know what i mean so Uh i'm not i would not be mad if people would give in but like oh i would i would understand right but i I would be so sad and i would think of you all the time Right. And I feel like my good friends are that way where they're like, look, like it's like the Eeyore meme where it's like <laughs> they still invite like I'm the Eeyore of everyone's crew. Like I'm usually gloomy, but everyone invites me and they let me be myself. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but there have been times, especially my family and stuff where, again, they've weaponized my sadness yep. and made it a million times worse. <laughs> by like making me feel guilty or whatever so i'm just like 
talking this out and the ADHD is kicked in and I forgot what I was saying. And <laughs> uh, I was going to say that I watched a Keanu Reeves interview that uh-huh. has stayed with me. I know what you're going to say. Cause it makes me cry every time I see it. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked him, what do you think happens to us after we die? Because Keanu Reeves is going through like this God ex- movement where people just worship the dude. Well, you know what, what his history is, right? Yeah. He's, his, a, his, he's fucking rad. Well, like his girlfriend was pregnant. She miscarried late term. And then like six months later, she died too. Oh my God. So that's where this is coming from. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> he gets asked, uh, what do you think happens to us after we die? And he said, I think. I know. I know. The, uh, the ones we leave behind miss us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, yeah. And it's like, that's true. That's that all is, there is. That's that all. Is that's it. Fucking gospel. That is <laughs> <Yeah>. the truth. <laughs> and that's true. But it's like, that's true of people who die of natural cause. That's true of everything. You know, yeah. you, missing people is part of appreciating them i guess yeah not saying rush it this is the advice part of the section for all you youngsters out there or people who are recently experiencing this stuff or people who have been experiencing it forever or people who don't get it yeah just talk (laughs) try and talk you know keep going as as long as you can just as long as you can you know and it's one day at a time it's sometimes it's one second at a time. It's a one. Sometimes it's excruciating the whole time. Yeah. I, a stranger, believe in you, and I'm proud of you. Like I want you to hear this, to hear these words. I am proud of you. Whoever's hearing this, I'm proud of you. <laughs> like it's okay to not be 100, percent and it's okay to not get your friends who don't feel 100 percent because you're like I see them and they're so great. It's, it's okay to be, it's okay, but like talk to each other. Yeah. I'm going to give the suicide hotline one more time. <laughs> Not that anyone's ever going to call it. That's another thing. Like people who yeah. are like bamboozled by suicide. It's like, it's not your fault, man. Yeah. Like, they probably stayed for you Yeah. more often than not. You know, suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it- like just like an example of why this whole podcast exists is mm-hmm. because Bobby and I didn't know that the shit we were going through, we were going through it together at the exact same time. And if we had just been brave enough to reach out, then mm-hmm. we would have found so much fucking support for each other. Right. Like we were living parallel lives and then coming to school and being fake. Yeah. So start being real with your friends <laughs> and being like this. I'm not okay. It's yeah. okay to not be okay. And it's okay to talk to people about how not okay you are because collectively we're going to help each other. Well, and you know what? It's also okay to like need to go spend some time in a mental institution. That's, That's okay. Absolutely too. true. Yeah. Yes. Like, And they'll give you a mug to take home. Like it's nice. <laughs> like the big, the, the big ice thing. Cause I'm looking right yep. at mine right now. <laughs> yep. They do. They give those to new moms and, and people that suicidal stay in the patients. Yep. <laughs> Um, how do you think your shit's gotten better? Um, my life has gotten a whole fuck 
ton better. Like, um, yeah, it has gotten better for me. Me too. And I think it's definitely gotten more manageable too. Maybe maybe that's the word I'm going to use. It's gotten more manageable. Yes, yes. I also think myself now, like maybe I'm more of a pussy because I don't think I could have handled what I put up with when I was a kid anymore. No, my hard shell is getting pretty soft. I'm having to like... Which we're grateful about, Actually right? work on healing these wounds, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not mad that I'm not, like, no. I can handle anything. I'm at the point now where I'm like, I don't need to handle everything. <laughs> like, yes. I don't, like, some things shouldn't be tolerated. I um, think, uh, as a society, we are supportive, like, of each other's mental health journeys. It's not like we're saying revolutionary things by saying go to mm-hmm. therapy or reach out to your friends. But I think, as a society, the we're youth... No- especially are help turning these conversations on so that we can stop repeating these damaging generational behaviors. Yeah. Like we're normalizing the conversation where it's like, you know, like it's not embarrassing to have a kid in therapy, you know, like it's like actually like, wow, that's really like, like I'm proud of them. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, you know, I've had, I have, and like realizing that like, okay, I need to go get help or, I honestly like I used to be so ashamed of myself for having all these like mental health problems and then I grew the fuck up and realized yeah. <laughs> that I have a reason not an excuse a reason mm-hmm. and I need to address it yeah and I need to fix it yeah and I need to not live here anymore yeah <laughs> because this I'm not welcome here anymore this yeah. you know I'm not like I don't want to live there anymore so and it's nobody's like nobody's fooling. Each- we're all fooling ourselves if we don't think that each of us is struggling like this. Like it's right. doing nobody a favor. <laughs> and there's people who have it complete opposite of me, but are still struggling. Like they had too much money, or they, you know what I mean? Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I feel I feel really bad for super rich people because <laughs> like they don't understand how the world works at all. Yeah. And, like, they're ruined in a way because they're so fucking entitled. Like, how sad to be entitled. But it's, like, they don't know basic skills. They don't know basic things. So, like, if they lost all their money, they'd be fucked. Yeah, that's true. Like, I said that during the pandemic. I was, like, I hope money loses its fucking... Yeah. <laughs> because we'll see how eat unimportant the these... Eat the rich. <laughs> we'll see how unimportant these motherfuckers are because they have no qu- they have no skills. They can't do anything. Like, yeah. no social skills. No, like, actual their skills. Their and yeah. tend to their own needs and you'll be fucked yeah right we'll watch park city burn to the ground um why do you think that the cases of uh do you think they have the cases of anxiety depression etc have uh surfaced or do you think people are just being more open about it i think um i think the pandemic has brought out some stuff so that people are more aware of it but i think the fact that the conversation happens allows people to think about if it's happening to them or not right is that too high am i am i too far gone no my brother said to me um because he's been in the military for almost 20 years so he's gone to like afghanistan twice he's gone to like all the other like you know he's like stationed somewhere all the time you know um and his wife's russian and he's just like americans are so spoiled all they do is focus on like their mental health like oh how sad i have a i have mental health and I was like, it might be like a first world problem, but it's yeah. also like, okay, so I'm not running for my life because there's not bombs going off. So now I can focus on shit. It's just a trend. It's like, a, it's like the next level. Cycle. It's progressing to the yeah. next level. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
these kids that are getting bombed every day, <laughs> they don't, they're not fortunate enough to have mental health problems, I guess. That doesn't mean they're going to have them. Yeah. But it, they can't focus on them. And everyone there's, right. you know, but they're, but like in, in reality, they're going to be fucked up forever because, you know, they got Cause the whole <laughs> time. It's like flight or fight. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it was like that in my mom's house on a different way, like watered down, like, you know, there was no Apaches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like there was no machine guns or whatever, but there was like a lot of violence and stuff. Like every, like I got woken up, like I'm a light sleeper because I got woken up by her just running down the stairs and coming in and just started beating me up. So Jesus it's like, Christ. I was always on edge and like talking about PTSD because my brother just got from Afghanistan and he was like way better this time we had a peace treaty. Mm-hmm. But when he was there <laughs> every night firefight, he had, they all had to run down to the, mm. the bunker. So it's like this stuff has been going on forever. I think yeah. in whatever degree it's happening, it's still serious. <laughs> I think that mental health, uh, as a science didn't really get much traction until the late seventies, mm-hmm. which means our parents had their childhood without it yes. of being taboo. Yeah. And then their parenting, it started to become like, you know, like you're like your, your kid will probably be in counseling for one reason or another at some yes. point in your life. Yep. In I, her life. I don't <clears throat> hope that she never has to go to therapy. I wonder mm-hmm. what she'll be in therapy for. Exactly. So that whole entire, our parents didn't think that way. No. You know what I mean? So like they've had to go through this whole entire change. So I assume PTSD, like soldier, they called a shell shock back in the day when the soldiers would come home a little funky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was PTSD. Yeah. You know, I think the reason why there was such a spike in serial killers in the sixties and seventies and eighties was because it was a reaction to PTSD. Yeah. Whether it was being raised by someone who had it and it going from one generation to the other or, you know, just like whatever. Like yeah. So, I and don't think, think about th- how mental health has changed since we've been alive because when we right. were kids, no girls had ADHD and now we're finding women being diagnosed with that. Mm-hmm. And like it went from C- PTSD, which is something that happens from a single traumatic event or like time in your life what to... is the one that's the uh, the constant ptsd complex complex yeah, okay. yeah that's cptsd what I have, yeah. which you know we didn't know about as a kid but now we're like oh people have if they have repeated traumas in their life many traumas it can mm-hmm. be complex so well and it's also those mental health has where... grown so much <laughs> yeah it's it's like that thing that you knew you had it all along it just you didn't have a name for it yeah yeah and i so that's why i think that the cases have not gone up necessarily i think if the percent like if you really looked at it the percentages would be the same across the board but they didn't have names for things they weren't there wasn't the science for it so yeah. Yeah. that's my that's my theory on it. and i think the pandemic definitely pulled people to be like okay i need to address this this yeah. is wrong especially in the, the country we live in like we live in a capitalistic hellscape like yes who, what's not to be depressed about yep <laughs> you know right before the pandemic well maybe it was like the year before but i just kept saying like i wish i could get shia labeouf house arrested so that i could have mm-hmm. to stay home and be left alone that is what i really want mm-hmm. and people would be like you don't want that and i'd be like yes i do i'm tired of being everybody's everything right like, so the pandemic gave me that physicality mm-hmm. but it didn't give me the mentality for it what i learned was 
that I'm I had no boundaries and that I'm a yes man and yeah that but I at least to you learned that myself. Man. the pandemic is, is the only reason it happened like that I, I would still be you know in my same toxic life as I was if it weren't for the pandemic uh, the December before the pandemic, I was sitting down with the owner of my company and my boss and like the HR rep and saying, if you don't give, like, I, you need to figure something out. I need to get the fuck out of here. Mm. Like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was, they offered to give me 30 days off. And I'm like, I can't afford to take 30 days off. Like, yeah. I would love to take that time off. So but, like have, <laughs> but yeah. I can't afford it. Right. Yeah. I'm like, are you going to pay me the whole time? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, then what the fuck? All I'm going to do yeah. is sit there and worry about taking 30 days off. Yeah. Like, get That's not going to be mental health. <laughs> well, and my, the owner of the company goes, well, why don't you have insurance? I'm like, because you don't offer good insurance. Yeah. Like, I'm like, if I wanted a paycheck, like, if I didn't want a paycheck, I would have insurance. But, like, what's the fucking point? I'm like, and your deductible is insane. I'm like, you need to get in touch with reality, man. Yeah. And then this pandemic happened, and we were able to take a break unapologetically. Because yes. we were forced to, which I really liked. Yes. And because, like, I identified so much. That's my family's culture. You identify with the work you do. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how much of an honest day's work. And I'll work 16 hours a day. Like, I'm like, whatever. Like, and that's not healthy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, like, it makes you stop and go, okay, that's fucked. Okay, that's fucked. Yep. Okay, that's fucked. You're and it was so inventory. Yeah. <laughs> You really are. And then you have, you can't go out. You can't, you can't do like, so you just just sit there. It was like the world went on timeout. Yep. It went on timeout and we looked around and they're like, we are sitting in shit. Yeah. Like when we woke up, we were fired up about it. Yeah. So like now so many things are changing and I'm like so stoked. Yeah, me too. Um, Do you think focusing on your mental health makes you weak? (laughs) Um... I went back to my therapist and I told her I've been in therapy this many times. I'm just not figuring it out, but I really want to like help myself get past these awful thoughts that I have and kind of heal from my past. And she was like, uh, mental health is a PhD of you. So in that context, fuck no, I do not think that focusing on your mental health will make you weak. I agree 100%. Like, it's so scary to address it to begin with and to take that first step. And then the more you go, she's absolutely right. It's like getting your PhD. Like, you, the more you're in it, the more you understand, the more you're like, okay, this makes sense. This makes sense. It, like, helps you understand people more. It helps you forgive people more. Mm -hmm. I think, if anything, it makes you, like, way more. I, I wrote it. I'm like, are you weak or are you a courageous motherfucker? And guess what you, we are, we're courageous yeah. motherfuckers. So yeah. we are stripling warriors. <laughs> I guess we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Is this the place podcast is written, recorded and edited at Titan tower studios. Our theme song is by Bobby and our cover art is by Jessica Sanchez. This is our story as we see it. We believe it to be true as far as it is translated correctly. If you liked the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. We have dedicated a lot of our time and talents, and we really appreciate your support. Maybe this isn't the place, but you are definitely the people making this possible. Thank you.